Recorded live. Welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight we have another special guest. Uh, his name is Stephen Watson. If you are new to the call, please stay on and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast, but the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, especially if you are new to the call uh, or in need of additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at TIAngel2016 at gmail.com. Again, that's TIAngel2016 gmail.com and at this point I'm going to welcome Stephen. Thank you Stephen. Welcome. Yes, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. So I heard you were at the conference. It was a very successful conference. You were just recently at the uh, Unity and Hope Conference in Boston, Massachusetts area. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and, and you met Matthew, one of my one of my favorite TIs, uh, Dr. Matthew Aaron. I knew you had a conversation with him, and he passed on your information to me. And I actually saw on YouTube uh, the the video you made for the conference, and I thought that was nice too. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I didn't want to show anybody, you know, from the conference on uh, YouTube because I did not have their permission. But I just attended, you know, with an open mind, just to. Uh, you know, listen to um, other TIs and uh, just listen to their story and try to, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, what's going on. So, sorry, I was walking up some stairs. Uh, so basically, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I attended that conference and I uh, attended some uh, small-scale protest like one was in Washington, and uh, then, like, uh, another one was, like, in front of the United Nations. So uh, that's basically been the extent of, uh, you know, just uh, going out and, uh, you know, activist activity uh, so far uh, as far as, you know, targeted individuals and that sort of thing. Well, how did you, um, when did you first, maybe tell me a little bit about, like, I believe you said you were working as a security guard at um, a government building, and um, when did you become targeted? Was that before or after? Oh, yeah, no, that would have been uh, before, but the type of work I was doing was still kind of like security. But, uh, no, when it began, I was living in Dallas, Texas, uh, I was working at DFW Airport. They were building a new uh, international terminal, and um, it was basically uh, – uh, back then, I would basically participate, like, on a UFO forums and uh, that sort of thing. And I think that's where I kind of kind of brought a little attention to myself. Uh, and uh, so the early stuff – you were looking at some things that would be considered conspiracy information, and you were kind of, you know, online kind of searching information like that, and uh, and then strange things started to occur. Is that what happened? Yeah. So around that time, uh, I would get in arguments with debunkers. Uh, so it would be like this strong ringing that would uh, come in one, like one side of the ear, and then kind of fade out, and then I would experience uh, what I would describe as like a, a sinus migraine or discomfort, you know, extreme discomfort to the face. And, you know, it was so severe that I would have to like lay down. Uh, and uh, that continued. Uh, and then, of course, there were like hang-up calls where someone would just call and then they would just hang up. And I would get a lot of that type of uh, harassment. And then there was strange stuff uh, going on with like, you know, uh, my television set and uh, music equipment because I'm into music. Like the equipment would go faulty, like the electrical appliances. And... uh, but the early stuff was mainly uh, 
you know, just like a strong ringing that would come in and out of the ear, followed by like a sinus migraine or, uh, you know, discomfort uh, to the face and head. And that would last for like a day. And um, uh, that was basically the extent when I when I was living in Texas. And uh, back then there was also the, you know, the chemtrail activity. Uh, and I started getting like... Uh, like a dermatitis condition on my legs. And uh, so around, I would say, 2006, I fell on hard times, and I uh, had a family member in New York, uh, Brooklyn, New York, and I moved to New York. And uh, I moved to, like, uh, it was, I guess, East New York. It's kind of like a bad area for Brooklyn. So I would would still get the ringing that would come in and out if I, uh, once I started employment over here in New York, uh, around 2006, I would still get that type of harassment whenever uh, I would go, you know, participate on a UFO forum. At first, it was like uh, Ed Mitchell, who recently passed away. He had like a UFO forum, and there were like debunkers there. And then it would be like the other UFO forums, like Above Top Secret, uh, a UFO Casebook, uh, Unexplained Mysteries, and... Um, I was I would also troll a lot like on music forums, but I noticed when I would get harassed, it had, really had to do with the UFO stuff. So uh, maybe it was a conspiracy, or there's actually something to the subject matter that uh, you know I was kind of like a lone wolf, so maybe that created concern. But I got the impression even back then that uh, yeah, somebody's like monitor. It had to do with the uh, mass surveillance. Somebody's monitoring especially going to uh, chat rooms. Uh, like I used to be on MUFON. MUFON had a forum. And then the MUFON organization, they kind of had some um, disagreements, you know, with uh, the leadership. And then, then they kind of splintered off into these other little forums. But, you know, 10 years ago, that was the era before social media became really big. That was like the era of chat rooms and forums and, and uh, that type of stuff. And that's where it really started. Now, in 2013, uh, that's when uh, it became like uh, I started getting hit, hit with the, like the pain ray stuff where you could tell somebody would be dragging equipment on the floor above, like in a rental room I stay here in Manhattan. So uh, that's when the more extreme stuff started. I see. Um, how did you find the term? How did you find out about the term um, "targeted individual" and and what made you? I guess you had several symptoms and things that were occurring to you. So, um, how did you find out about the term? Did you just start looking up the symptoms? And forgive me if uh, you already mentioned how you found us, but okay, the, yeah, the term "targeted individual." Um, you know, to be honest, I heard. I think I first heard about it on uh, Coast to Coast AM because. Art Bell and Costa, back then when I first got into UFOs, it was, it was really because of Art Bell, you know, the overnight talk show host who came, who became really big. Then he had to step away from radio. But uh, it was actually listening to Stephen Greer, and uh, I think that also inspired the British UFO hacker in uh, Britain. You know, he got in trouble. He, like, uh, hacked into, like, uh, you know, Johnson Space Center in Houston and stuff. Uh, so it was really listening to um, Stephen Greer on Art Bell. And then I first heard about the term targeted individual um, from, I guess it was Coast to Coast AM. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the investigator from Chicago. I can't think of his name, but uh, uh, maybe, it, maybe it was even uh, Mr. Hall, uh, uh, you know, programs on targeted individuals. Uh, so that's when I kind of first learned about it, but uh, yeah, um, but I was already being messed around with, so I kind of identified. So I started doing research on targeted individuals, uh, electronic harassment, directed energy weapons, and uh, that that type of stuff, and just kind of compiling information like I was with the UFO research. Yeah. Um, there's a woman in the chat room. She said she was part of uh, MoFon in the 1980s, and she had a similar experience to you. 
you as part of what? MUFON? Yeah, MUFON. I'm sorry. MUFON. Yeah, the Mutual UFO uh, Network. What's interesting about that organization, um, it really came to power, like, uh, I guess, during the late 70s or 1980s, and their board of directors, a lot of them are uh, consultants to the, like, aerospace industry. So there could be, like, in the upper management part of that organization, you know, uh, connections to the government where they – because um, a lot of witnesses, they sign non-disclosure agreements, and they don't reveal their names. So uh, there could be something going on there with MUFON. Um, but in my case, uh, I got the impression that there are people who actually monitor – and you see this with counterterrorism. They, mon they actually monitor chat rooms and forums, and they're kind of connected to the government. And then if they see you as a dissident or subversive or um, something like that, you know, you could really make yourself a target to uh, this passive-aggressive kind of uh, covert harassment. And I think that's what happened to me. And um, recently I watched the documentary, I think it was called Hacker Wars. They had, a, you know, it was about the rise of Anonymous. They had these hackers who were really big-time trolls. And uh, it kind of, uh, when I watched that documentary, it kind of made sense that uh, why I would be targeted because uh, uh, maybe I was a little too, um, you know, uh, too much of a provo provocateur or something like that. And, uh, but uh, no, my re research into UFOs and stuff like that, it was just more out of curiosity because I thought it was entertaining. And uh, it was, you know, kind of like solving a mystery. And when you're working in security, like overnight a lot, you, you know, you hear a lot of paranormal stuff and stuff like that. So, um, that, but um, the harassment over time got really bad. And I became kind of like a lab rat where they would um, try to cause sleep deprivation and try new things, you know, like target your head, target your ears, target your eyes. And, it, you know, it's really an awful experience, especially after 2013, the same year, you know, the news broke about the uh, Navy Yard shooter. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, there's a doorbell going. We have the trick-or-treaters and things like that. Um, so what made you start to finally to get involved with the community? And Actually, who did you reach out to first? Uh, well, what happened was I used to be on Facebook. I no longer have a Facebook account, and I would right. learn about um, trying to look at my notes. I have the wrong laptop. Okay, I would try to I learn about a protest in Washington, D.C., and, um, yeah, I went to attend the protest, and it was by, yeah, it was by Todd Griffin, and before that, um, there was a person called Tyrone uh, Du or Tyson Du. He had a net, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. Had, he had a, yeah. He had a protest previously in Washington, D.C., and I guess a few months later they wanted to do another protest. But some people um, backed out, so it was just me, Todd Griffin, and then uh, two t uh, other TIs from North Carolina came up. And... Um, one of the TIs from North Carolina, he was kind of describing uh, similar stuff, you know, to me, like they would try to cause sleep deprivation. They were like messing with his eyes and uh, stuff like that. And uh, so we just uh, held up some protest signs and uh, uh, I stayed there for a while, then had to return to work. I went there by bus. and But that was like the first time I really got involved, you know, with, with like the TI community. I was told there were like groups here in New York or a group here in New York, but um, I would go to, to like the meetup page and I wouldn't really see uh, information on a targeted individual group in New York. So basically I've been um, pretty much a lone wolf, you know, um, just conducting research on my own and uh, just yeah, documenting everything. Yeah. How did you find out? How did you find out by the conference about the conference? Okay, yeah, the conference, uh, that's a good question. I found out about it on Twitter. I have a, a Twitter account under, it's called TI Buster, 
and it's basically um, it relates to like a free form I set up, uh, a cheesy free form where I just compile in information, uh, you know, in my free time. I can't. Um, the bad thing is, since I work and go to school, I can't spend a lot of time, as much time as I would like. But uh, yeah, I learned about it on Twitter. And since it was in Boston, I just bought, purchased a plane ticket, and I just went up there uh, on – I took like a sick day, and I went up there. Was, I think it was uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon and Sunday. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found us. And um, did you ever, Have you ever been to the conference calls before, or um, have you heard – Had you did you know who Dr. Aaron was? Um, well, you got to meet all the people, all the people that are, you know, fairly known in the community or, or online. And so that, that's, I, I'm really glad you had a chance to go to the conference. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, I heard, I, from what I understand, it was excellent. And um, I'm glad you got connected to some of the people that are involved with the community. Yeah, the conference was uh, interesting. There were still some people who wanted to stay outside. There was one guy, he would walk around, he, was, um, he would like yell and scream and stuff. And then there was one woman. She thought uh, she thought some people are kind of um, not very friendly or whatever. She claimed racism or and wanted to leave. But overall, uh, I thought the conference was a positive experience. I met, you know, the uh, what is it, Pax International. They had a presentation, and uh, the person you mentioned uh, who turned me on to your show. And, um, you know, I took notes and I got, you know, the uh, material people were handing out. And uh, uh, it was was an interesting experience. And uh, one reason I went, I think, um, even if everybody isn't on the same page and they have different symptoms, um, like I really don't get the V2K stuff. It's mostly the electronic harassment. Uh, It's good to mobilize. I think mobilization is important, uh, especially in activism. If you're more isolated, then you're kind of a lone victim, you know, and and nothing much is going to be done about it. So that is uh, one reason I attended the conference. Yeah. Good. Have you tried any shielding? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. So uh, when it first – when I was just – when – the early stuff from that started around 2003 or 2004, um, it, was, it was around the time the Abu Ghraib prisoner abuse scandal broke. Because uh, I always remember when that was in the news, that's when you know I would get the strong ringing that would come in and out, and you would get the sinus uh, sinus pain and stuff. Uh, I didn't really try shielding then, but in 2013 when the pain raise stuff started where you could hear someone dragging equipment like on the floor above me. I have like a rental room here in Manhattan. Um, it was, it was so unbearable that you, you literally couldn't stay in the room. And around the same time that happened, uh, a family member and, uh, who is a senior citizen, my, uh, my mother, she was uh, targeted in, uh, Monrovia, California. So, uh, at that time when it was so unbearable and you couldn't even stay in the room, I would, uh, you know, I was a real amateur. I went to like the army and Navy store. I got like this metallic army helmet, vintage army helmet. Um, I went to like home Depot and I got plywood. I got like, uh, you know, uh, sheet metal, uh, even rubber mats. I tried everything, you know, uh, I would keep going to Home Depot and getting supplies, and I would like stack. I would two mattresses over myself, and um, and also wire mesh. And uh, I would go to like the dollar store and get uh, like those aluminum, uh, pa- you know, pans that you cook in and stuff. And then uh, later on. Uh, after you know conducting research on the internet and uh, oh uh, the person's name the investigator I think his name is Roger Tolkis I heard yeah. uh, on one of his programs that's where I kind of initially learned about targeted individuals but I learned on one of his programs he mentioned 
Echosorb or Ecosorb material, uh, like uh, material, they come in like in uh, they come in like these squares uh, tiles. They come in like in tiles, and um, I would buy that off of eBay, like uh, various Echosorb type material, and uh, that was the most effective uh, type of shielding. And then also I would get like a like mylar blanket. Uh, there's one store here in Manhattan that that's like a camping store, and they sell like a thicker version of the mylar blanket, and uh, that was effective too. And also I went to uh, I went to the website. Uh, I think it's called uh, Lesser EMF, and they have something called like a brain coat. I think it's silver coated. But the problem with that, I think it's nylon and silver coated. The problem with the raincoat is after a while it kind of wears down. Uh, but that was very effective, especially when you're trying to sleep. Uh, so over time I would learn, uh, it was mostly the uh, passive shielding type stuff. Uh, I would learn to uh, just use a combination of things to try to uh, absorb or block some of the effects of the uh, electronic harassment. So, and okay. that's pro that's pretty much where I am today. After a while, I gave kind of gave up on spending lots of money, and I learned how just to cope because they kind of uh, uh, the harassers they kind of kind of adjust to what you're doing. They can see what you're doing. So, um, after a while, you kind of learn to kind of adapt, uh, where you you're getting just enough sleep, then you could sleep like on the train or subway here in New York or at the college I'm currently attending. You could get a little bit of sleep there. Uh, so you, after a while, you just kind of learn how to adjust to uh, this harassment and and realize that it's kind of like a program where uh, you're like testing out or trying to use this technology on people they want to silence or kind of discourage from uh, because of their behavior or, or something like that. Right. But. Uh, one reason, you know, I'm getting involved with activism and stuff because I just don't agree. I don't like in school they they teach, you know, your uh, First Amendment rights, um, and also, you know, genocide and torture stuff that's happened in the past, and I just don't uh, agree with that type of behavior by the powers that be. I don't think it really represents, um, you know, our free and de democratic ideals. Uh, so. Uh, I made the decision, you know, regardless of what happens to me, I, I, I would just uh, continue uh, researching the targeted individual phenomenon and uh, trying to um, spread awareness um, or it's just not being marginalized as a person is delusional or they suffer from schizophrenia because in my case, I have no history of mental illness. Uh, and I know for a fact that it's something physical. When that stuff is turned up really strong, when I really, you know, make make these people mad, um, you could even hear the mylar blanking crinkling, or you could hear your, you know, you could feel your hair moving and stuff. Right. So it's it's very cruel, you know, it's very cruel, oppressive stuff. But it's also something physical, and that's what more people need to realize that you know, directed energy weapons that the military is aggressively uh, pursuing. Uh, that's real stuff. That's real technology. So what kind of plans do you have um, going forward? Um, TI-related, activism-related, um, you know, any... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um... I think I'll continue to support if there's if there are more gatherings. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'll continue to support, uh, you know, more conferences. If there's like a protest that I could attend, I'll continue to support that. I thought about a self-published book. Um, also, I actually lost interest in UFOs. But since yeah. I was being pastored, I decided to, like, release a self-published book with my research, like what is the types of craft people see, the type of occupants, 
just in spite, you know, just for spite because of the uh, harassment. Uh, and I'm going to mention electronic harassment in the book. Interestingly enough, Stephen Greer, uh, the person I heard on uh, Art Bell or Coast to Coast AM, in one of his books, he also describes electronic harassment. So um, I have the self-published books, and I'll, I'll continue to uh, support, like, uh, if there's a conference or, um, you know, if there's, like, a protest in uh, like in the East Coast or in my area, I'll uh, continue to to uh, support uh, the protests that I you know I'm aware about that I you know I become aware about and uh, I have no problem attending protests. I think that's in that's in that's uh, important for democracy, especially if something yes. isn't right. If there's abuse on a governmental level, uh, I'll continue uh, to support protests. One thing I should point out though is uh, I was also targeted. Uh, in the workplace, and I think uh, the pain rate type stuff, I think it really started uh, both at work and home. It was, so I'm a, like a overnight patrol guy. It's in a government building. I'm, uh, it'll remain anonymous, like for the show, but um, they have connections, you know, with the, uh, the feds and all that type of stuff. And at the time, they were kind of centralizing their security and I think the firm with, like, uh, intelligence agency connections was called the Chertoff Group that kind of consulted them. Uh, yeah, the Chertoff Group. Uh, so if a person listening to this uh, podcast, they could look up the Chertoff Group, and there's some interesting people that uh, used to, you know, work in Washington uh, that are part of that company. But I'm not accusing them of their harassment, but it was just an interesting coincidence that uh, it started happening in the workplace and both at home. Usually, like 3 or 4 a.m. in the workplace, it, it appears to be concealed behind panels or something where I'm stationed. And then um, they even pester me when I go to, little, to the little break room area in the building I'm at. Uh, and then when I come home uh, to sleep, uh, that's when you hear the direct bed and there's a person on the floor above and then there's a person below me. You could hear them bumping something when I'm laying down to position uh, some equipment and then um, when you're trying to sleep and doze off then you they really turn up the stuff where it's uh, very strong and I have to literally sleep with my head inside a plastic uh, wastebasket. It's like a rectangular wastebasket and around the wastebasket is like that Echosorb uh, RF absorption material and then wire mesh and then uh like blue jeans around that you know uh but um after a while i became comfortable sleeping that way but uh then of course the mylar blanket is placed on the uh ceiling uh so uh that's you know it's uh it's kind of that strong you know where i uh you know, where I reside, uh, where I live and stuff. But when I move away from the area, it dissipates. But um, I noticed there's like a, the more severe stuff is the close range harassment. Like you could actually hear people dragging equipment or bumping. Usually they'll try to be intimidating. They'll like bang on the uh, floor above or uh, when they're not going to hit me hard with like the directed energy stuff. Uh, the electronic harassment, the like bounce a ball like over my head, they'll just bounce a ball up and down, like they're saying, uh, okay, we uh, you're not behaving that badly. We'll you know uh, we're going to uh, just bounce this ball instead of the electronic harassment. But um, there's also the long distance stuff, and that's mostly like the ringing that comes in and out of the ear. So uh, one interesting thing about that is like um, in New York, it feels a certain way. But if I go to California to like visit some relatives, Los Angeles, I noticed over there it would like when I was driving around in a rental car, it would just come in and out. It would come in and out, in and out. And when I go to Texas or Dallas, uh, it kind of feels it's like a different frequency or it feels kind of different. It's kind of it's almost audible. It's like a high pitched type uh, sound. So 
Uh, I don't know how they're doing it, whether it's on uh, antennas from, you know, like these uh, cellular antennas or there's some speculation that it could actually be from satellites. I'm not exactly sure, but there's a long-range stuff, which is kind of weaker. Then there's a short-range stuff where uh, you could actually hear the crinkling of mylar blanket and stuff like that when it's turned up, turned up really strong, uh, which is more severe. So. Yeah. It's kind of scary that we live in that that system, you know, where everything you do is monitored, and and if somebody doesn't like how you express yourself, uh, even if, you know, you're, in my case, I, you know, I just have like a high school education. I'm currently going to school, but I really don't have access. I'm not really involved with extremism. I'm not involved with like the dark web or drugs or uh, child pornography or guns. You know, you seem like such a straightforward, good guy who's, you know, going to school. And Matthew really liked you, so he uh, thought you were an upstanding person, or that he he seemed. Yeah, to I get mean, that. Uh, people say people often say I'm a nice guy, but I'm kind of more reserved. I guess uh, I look like a lone wolf or something, and I would, I would kind of troll and stuff like. But I, you know, I kind of grew out of that. It was like. Uh, during the 2000s, I would troll and stuff on music forums just to be provocative. But, um, it, you know, what I'm uh, getting, it's almost like a witch hunt or a, like a lynch mob mentality by people. I guess maybe it's counterterrorism spending or something like that. They want to uh, just uh, say, hey, this guy's a target. You know, he lives alone or whatever. Because yeah. at work, uh, when the harassment got kind of bad, you would hear stuff like um, uh, like uh, antisocial or you would hear statements like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, they were kind of implying that sort of thing. But, uh, I, you know, and I always show up to work. And then, of course, the attitudes and the coworkers I was working with who were friendly, of course, that, that would change, like in a blink, snap of a finger, that changed where it was kind of like a hostile working environment. Uh, people were not very friendly. And uh, you had that type of uh, atmosphere in the workplace. But, um, yeah, insubordinate, that's what I was thinking. Uh, they, were, they were trying to imply it was insubordinate or, you know, antisocial. And... Uh, this government building where I work at, there's like extreme paranoia by management regarding like terrorism. They have active shooter drills all the time. So you have that kind of atmosphere, like security state type atmosphere that I think kind of contributed to uh, more extreme targeting starting in uh, 2013. Well, at this point, if you don't mind, can I open it up uh, to the listeners for some questions? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Hold on one second. Well, Matthew, do you want to be the first person to ask him a question? He, uh, The gentleman you met at the conference is uh, complimenting you. I don't know. If, I guess he didn't call in. So just star eight. See, I'm going to go to Donna's first on the list. Hi, Donna. Hi. Nice to hear your voice, Shella. Um, I just got in really late on this gentleman's talk, but he was talking about UFOs, and I really was not going there paying much attention to it for the longest time. But I know um, one of my teachers through the years, he's taught spiritual warfare, and he's written many books. And the last time I saw him about a year ago, oh, no, years ago, he told me he was uh, studying aliens and UFOs and stuff, and it really took me back. I was, he was not a man I would have thought would have been going that road. But anyway. Um, it's a little bit hard to hear you. Are you able to hear? Is it my end, or is it hard for you, Stephen, to hear? Yeah, maybe if you could just summation, uh, uh, summarize what she uh, said. I could hear a little bit of it. Oh. Yeah, I can't it either. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you a little better. 
Okay, well, I I had this teacher through the years that taught spiritual warfare at church, and he's yes. written many books. And the last time I saw him a couple of years ago or so at church, he told me that he was studying UFOs and aliens and things like that. And it really surprised me because um, I hadn't really given it much thought. I was so busy with everything else thinking about uh, well, him and then um, John Lear. Have you ever uh, studied much of John Lear's things? Uh, yeah, that um, that person sounds familiar. The problem with yeah, the Lear Jet. Yeah, the problem he, he, that, the problem with uh, some of these UFO personalities is uh, some of them will, they're like into uh, far-out conspiracies. Uh, now, as far as Roger Lear, he gets into, um, he gets into stuff that some targeted individuals describe, such as implants. And uh, I think even, uh, yeah, Roger Lear has since deceased, but uh, he claims that, um, at least from my understanding, that they even tried uh, detecting signals from these implants, and there was like a uh, like an RF or radio frequency signal. So, and then there's the other side that leave in my labs that um, like alien implants stuff like that is really just uh, human experimentation, and um, the whole alien stuff is a ruse. It's to uh, cover up uh, something that's similar to MK Ultra. Stephen, uh, uh, John Lear's a friend of mine on Facebook, and uh, I just came across some incredible things he was sharing with me because I've never really, and I told him, you know, that that really hasn't been a big interest of mine. Uh, and he he's, he shared something with me recently that just absolutely blew my mind. It ha- it connected to Kennedy, the assassination, all sorts of things. And it, it would be really great for you to try to friend him and look at what he is putting out there. I mean, it's fascinating. Yes, I looked into some of the some of his stuff, and I always keep an open mind. I keep an open mind. But I, I believe, like, my targeting, uh, one commonality I see, like, with TIs, is you have one side that is, like, whistleblowers, like, uh, they work, some uh, in some capacity, they're invo- they were involved in the government, and they they're trying to whistleblow, um, you know, some unethical activities, and then they become targeted individuals. And then I, I was see a another, government. I, I was a whistleblower, and I got targeted. It was yes. related so to drug activities. Yeah, that's one thing I saw at the conference. There were like a lot of uh, people who claimed to be whistleblowers, and then on the other side, I see conspiracy types. Uh, being targeted, and some of that may have to do with uh, maybe they become good targets because they're easier to discredit, or uh, the government, like the FBI, they always, they never liked, like, uh, people who are against the status quo. They would, uh, you know, target civil rights activists and uh, people who have, like, radical beliefs, uh, so it could have more to do with just a person uh, promoting conspiracies. Maybe the government is threatened by conspiracies. But it could also do with, you know, there's strange stuff out there they're trying to cover up. So in my case, you know, I'm not like an alien abductee or I never had a profound sighting. I just kind of became kind of fascinated fascinated by it. And I put like up a GeoCities page then I uh, moved it to Angel Fire. That's like those were kind of old uh, free hosting websites, and um, yeah, for some reason that upset. It was really the UFO stuff where I would get early on a majority of the harassment. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm I found really with TIs. Really whistleblowers, and you have like the 9/11 people who believe 9/11 is a conspiracy. You have some of those people being targeted. And then you have people who claim to be contactees uh, or or into the UFO stuff and, you know, other types of conspiracies like uh, 
um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it could be just a lot of different types of people like activists or even people who belong to uh, hate groups or uh, stuff that, you know, subject matters that the government finds uh, threatening. And uh, I think there's a lot of um, mafia and um, cartel activity. Well, it's it's a controlling agenda. If you're in the way of somebody's agenda, you're on the list. That's what I see. I mean, the network is just has so many legs to it that it could be anything. Yeah, so, well, that's one reason I got involved with the activism uh, because, like, especially in my case, they were really getting carried away. You know, one, uh, I was uh, putting down the days on a calendar when I would get harassed, and one day it would be like uh, scraping my tongue where I could no longer taste anything, and then it would, you know, eventually come back. But And then another uh, week it would be like, uh, you know, the hearing problems like these diplomats claim in uh, Cuba. It's almost, I don't know if it's ultra an ultrasonic weapon or it's still directed energy, but they could give you temporary hearing loss. Uh, and then it would be the blurred vision or pricking of the eyes and they were just getting carried more and more carried away with just uh, I felt like a lab rat. And I was like, well, if I'm going to have to live like this, I have nothing to lose, but just come forward. You know, my job, the job I work at is kind of a dead end job. Anyways, uh, I'm not exactly going to get a government pension. It's really through a private security firm. So, uh, so I really had nothing, nothing to lose. And, uh, no, they do target family and stuff, but uh, I was like, well, you know, some people just have to, uh, it's their, uh, you know, it's their patriotic duty to kind of stand up to uh, when the government gets a little too out of control and oppressive to kind of stand up for their rights and stuff. Uh, I know I'm not perfect. Maybe I got carried away on the Internet, but it wasn't like terrorist activity or something like that. Okay, Hello? I'm, go I'm here. Don, I'm going to go ahead and put you back on. Um, did you get your question answered? Um, yes, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll go back and try and listen to your whole story. Thanks, Donna. Okay, star eight. I'm going to go to the next question. Here we go, New York. Hi, New York. New York? I'm still here. Oh, there's another New York that had their hand up. On my call, uh, I don't see numbers. I only see states, which is why I like talk shoot because it keeps people anonymous. But I'm going to go down to Florida to see if they have a question for you. Hi, Florida. Hi. Um, I've been uh, stalked and electronically harassed in the the stalking's gone on for 13 years, but the harassment wasn't always electronic. Um, I think that's been going on for about four years, and uh, I, I, I know how it got put in this program. Um, but I am I'm learning so much. I only just in the past week started going online and uh, and studying electronic harassment and and what it's about and reading about what other TIs experience. Um, At this point, and actually I've been this way for a long time. It's not like it just started this week. But I, I, for example, I went to volunteer helping paint kids' faces and and helping kids paint pumpkins at at a Halloween festival. And I was getting the sharp pains in my ear which has been happening a lot, and, and to my head a lot, too. It's sometimes in my eyes. And, you know, it's scary. I'm afraid that I'm going to end up deaf and blind uh, or brain damaged. You know, <laughs> I don't know how how lasting this stuff is going to be from this pain. But um, it was really hard for me to focus uh, 
and that happens a lot where I'm constantly, you know, if the, if my ear is feeling piercing pain, I'm looking to see who might be on that side of my head, whether it's someone fairly close or someone in the distance. Uh, it's hypervigilance, and I, and I am. I'm so consumed with being on the lookout um, that a lot of times I'm having a really hard time being present with the people you know, around me and people that I'm friends with and that I love. Um, and I was just wondering if anybody has any um, advice or, or has, has done any, any kind of techniques that have worked for, you know, not, not letting that, um, that kind of vigilance just take over. Yes, um, I can relate to that. I think in recent, uh, recently they've been doing the, um, it feels like it penetrates your eardrum. It's a really sharp pain. Previously yeah. it was kind of like uh, crawling inside your ear or kind of like tinnitus. Um, but uh, recently, uh, and it kind of coincides with the uh, the diplomats being targeted in Cuba, those news stories, uh, um. which makes me kind of suspect that it, could be like Trump or the current administration trying to cut ties with uh, uh, Cuba, what Obama was trying to establish with Cuba. But uh, they would have been messing with the hearing, and also it feels like somebody stabbing you in the ear, like your eardrum. It's like a real sharp pain. Yeah. And also, uh, I get I get it on the teeth too. It's like a raw feeling to the teeth. But one thing that has helped that I always do, especially when I go to sleep. Instead of uh, getting the noise cancellation earbuds, I just get toilet paper, which is very inexpensive. And I put toilet paper wads in my ears. And um, that really helps, especially if you have the tinnitus stuff, if you just put, like, toilet paper wads in your ears, especially uh-huh. when you're going to, going to sleep. It's not like it doesn't, like, uh, it doesn't block out all of the sound, but it, it, offers, some time, it offers some relief to... Uh, to the the uh, ear, you know when they're harassing your ears, yeah. But I so I can relate you, to the sharp pain able? like in the eardrum and stuff, and it 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 does feel like it's penetrating your skull. Uh, it's pretty horrible. So are you able to go out in in public and do things? I want to become very active activist because because it was it was really terrifying, more so even than now, at least I have some connection with some other people that are going through some of the same stuff, but for the longest time, I didn't know exactly how this stuff was being done to me or or what was going on. Um, I knew people were were doing something. Um, I just didn't know how, and I, I want to help. I want to help somebody else that's struggling like this, um, and, I, and I, you know, have thought of you know, making flyers and and distributing them, doing things like that. But I have a really hard time going out in public because I get attacked. It's scary. Um, so how how do you deal with that? How do you go function in the world? Yes. Okay. One thing that's helped me now. Uh, I mentioned this on YouTube, and it made some t- uh, TIs very angry. But if I just lay off the internet or I lay off the conspiracy stuff, uh, the, the, the harassers, uh, like I mentioned, they bounce a ball instead of the electronic harassment. They kind of, uh, it's not as frequent. They kind of lay off. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not the case in uh, other TI's uh, cases where they may, they think they're part of some human experimentation or something. But in my case, it's uh, more... It's like uh, an eye for an eye type stuff. So if we don't like if we don't, we don't like how you're expressing yourself, or if you're getting into subject matters like the UFO or conspiracy stuff, uh, we're going to pester you. And if you lay off that stuff, we're going to lay off. But that's like the only really thing that's uh, been effective in uh, in kind of stopping the harassment is just kind of lay, laying off activity. Uh, now, when I uh, attended protest there's usually been retribution where uh, the harassers um, uh, express their displeasure in me going to Washington and uh, holding up a protest sign and that sort of stuff. So when I return, uh, I'm really hit hard. Yeah. But uh, 
in my case, it really has to do with behavior. It's almost like they're monitoring your every move. If they approve your behavior, then uh, they kind of ease off and you'll have days where there's no activity. But then they kind of come back and remind you you're hit hard one or two days. But if you're into, like, researching targeted individual or if I'm into the conspiracy UFO stuff, then uh, it's, it starts to become more uh, frequent and uh, more harsh and severe. Yeah, uh, I, I relate to that very much. And this is, this is really scary. There's a guy that I've dated, and I think he's involved. If I'm willing to talk to him, I get less of the torture. If I'm not, or, you know, I'm pushing him away, uh, then they hit me really hard, and and which makes me even more not want to talk to him, but then I'm tortured if I don't. So it's, that's a really um, sticky thing that I don't know what to do about. I guess just accept that I'm going to be tortured. Yes, uh, I came to the conclusion it's they're really uh, messing with people's heads. Uh, they're trying to either influence like uh, behavior that that where you either hurt yourself or you get put away, or um, they're trying to discredit you by like you know involuntary institu- institutionalization if you go to the cops. They're going to treat you like you're crazy. I tried approaching the police precincts here in Manhattan, and the the reaction reaction I got was not very good by the police, so I stopped going to the police. So uh, that was my impression. It was like if you get into stuff we don't like, we're going to try to discredit you with this technology, you know, mass surveillance and electronic harassment, or uh, make you commit suicide, or make you uh, get thrown in prison if you try to retaliate. Now, uh, I observed some of these perpetrators and, um, you know, leaving the apartments where I'm being harassed. I also observed them in the window, so I know it's the person. And they'll have their hand in their pocket. They'll stand. Yes. Uh, they'll, ha- they'll have one hand in one pocket where they have a concealed firearm. So you have to be very careful if uh, you're angry to the point where you want to attack them. I think they'll just uh, try to shoot you or kill you in self-defense. So um, another uh, uh, reason for the harassment, it's kind of like provocation. They just want you out of the way. They see you as a nuisance or maybe it's counterintelligence like in COINTELPRO with the FBI in the 70s. They just want you out of the way uh, um, one way or the other. And if um, and the only way to make it stop, in, in my case, I made other TIs mad when I said this was just laying off whatever is upsetting the, you know, the mass surveillance state, security state type government we live in. Right. Thank uh, but you. Some people got very angry when I said that, and they, and they were like, uh, "No, these people are relentless. They won't lay off regardless." But that's so. That in my case, that's been effective. If I just stay quiet or. Uh, or I, I, if I don't even, if I sparingly use the internet. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, thanks for answering the question, and thank you for your question, Florida. I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold. Thank you. Little screaming trick or treat. I'm going to go ahead and um, turn the record button off, but this, it'll still carry on. So hold on just a moment. 